Welcome to Forever Exile, the Path of Exile podcast. I'm Justin A.K. Tags. Tyler Wrecker of Days. This is a special edition, episode 100. We're joined today by our first and one and only, well, one and only first ever guest. <laughs> That's right. Tarky, yeah. thanks for joining us, man. I know. Thanks for having me back. So episode 100, we have been bugged since episode two, roughly, to no, that we don't have video and and that it we're, we're not legit because we don't have video. So today... Our, our our only ever episode ever we have video and i'm i, I can only assume this is what people were expecting yes 100%. Right? it's gotta be so yeah, yeah. thank you for and be, for being willing to be on camera because uh no it's it's fine it's like because whenever i've listened to your thing i've thought what this really needs is more of my face on it <laughs> that's right you that's know? what we're so missing i think finally people will be getting what they want right that's now. right what has it been missing this right. right here that's right. a giant tv with tarky's face Anyway, thank you so much for, uh, yeah, for joining us. That's awesome. You were our first. We had you on the 13th episode. I looked into it out of curiosity because that's actually part of the conversation we have out of curiosity with you, but February 13th, I think. So a month before the world kind of just took a dump. Ended. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was like yeah. one month before that happened, but that was our first. It was our 13th episode and now episode 100. So thanks for joining us. You're, you brought your mask, right? So you don't get us sick. Uh, yeah, I've got like a lot of different ones. What colors do you buy them? Oh, oh wow. Most, oh, Can we see your collection? Some of them are upstairs. This is the bit where I realize I've actually only got all the same colors down here. I've got a, a, a more neutral brown. This mm -hmm. is more like a, the khaki. I've got a, a black one in my back pocket, actually, because I just went on a walk. Uh, and then I've got some blues, like denim looking ones somewhere. And yeah. Is there a mandate or anything for masks right now where you are? Basically, okay, so I chat to a lot of people in like New Zealand and Australia and they're like, oh my God, Taki, it's awful. We're at like 800 cases. And I'm like, yeah, so we're at 35,000 daily new ones. Really? Um, Whoa. And, yeah, 35 uh, daily. And like in my area, it's like a thousand a day. And like hospitalations are in like the thousands and whatever. But yeah, we've removed all of our restrictions because of course that's what you do. And now it's a case of we advise you to maybe wear masks if you feel like it, which means that most people don't bother, uh, which is mildly frustrating because I am immunosuppressed. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a, a fun two years, whatever long it's been, or well, nearly two years now, I guess. Wow. That is so different from here. And we're like, because you're in the UK, you're in, yeah, because you, you moved from the last time we talked to you, but you're still in the same area, right? Yeah, I'm still South London, yeah. Wow. I mean, we're owned by England and all those guys and we we're way different. <laughs> Canada does Canada, in our area. It's like they've now introduced vaccine passports. They've now got in our area. Mask mandates have come back. That's crazy how different it is. Yeah. I think you still need to wear masks on public transport, but they don't enforce it at all. Because, hmm. um, yeah, one thing that we have had, which is quite funny, though, because we removed all of our lockdowns. Um, so all of our lockdowns ended in like June. Um, but there are people who are still protesting the lockdown that ended several <laughs> months ago. And uh, you guys might have heard about this, but it's a good enough story to tell again. Um, so one of the more notable recent anti-lockdown protests, um, they decided it was much like anti-vaxxers. They were going to protest outside of like the BBC News headquarters, which is like, okay, in their mind, they're spreading the evil, like propaganda. Fair enough. That kind of makes sense. Um, so they all go and they're protesting outside this building. But what they failed to realize is the BBC hadn't been in that building for over eight years. Oh, and no. they were actually protesting outside of a talk show called Loose Women. Um, and yeah, yeah, 
they, they were mildly confused as to what was going on. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> what was yeah. the show called? Loose Women. It's basically a bunch of like middle-aged uh, mums complaining about young people. Um, it's yeah. a TV show, a talk show? Yeah, a TV show, talk show, kind of like the equivalent of like Jerry Spring. Well, not sure. that bad, but like that ilk of that like reality yeah. TV kind of stuff. Yeah, because yeah, that, that means something very different here for us. So I was quite curious. Well, it, it means something I'm pretty sure it means uh, the same. here as well. Also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So uh, I'm, I'm curious, because we did talk to you way back when, pre-COVID, yeah. what's, uh, and this, the stuff that you deal with, what's the COVID road been like for you? I mean, it's been a year and a half maybe a little bit more yeah um so so i went into okay well actually we'll go from the so from the very very start it was kind of because i remember talking about this on stream when it was like first people talk about a little bit kind of like december january and i was kind of like yeah it seems kind of scary but it's probably not that big of a deal as i think most people were kind of like oh that's kind of like spooky but like it probably won't like, how bad could it really get Yep. And I remember even saying on stream, like, guys, like, look, I've, I'm seriously uh, immune compromised. So if I'm not freaking out, you guys probably don't need to freak out. And then like a week went by and I'm like, yeah, actually, no, you guys should be freaking out. This is pretty, <laughs> this is pretty bad. Um, so yeah, I went into pretty much full like lockdown, never leave the house in like, sort of like, yeah, not that long after the episode, actually, maybe like a couple of weeks after before anything became official over here. And basically just didn't leave the house. Uh until well it's only it's only been in the last few months i've started just going like walks again um but yeah so it's been i'm quite well adapted to it because i've i've like because of my health and stuff i've spent i have had a whole year being bedridden once so this and i stream and like do youtube videos for a living so this idea of like not leaving the house isn't that big of a deal but the main thing that i really missed actually um is i volunteer once a week at an animal shelter right and I've been doing that for about a year, year and a half. And then not doing that, that was the thing which I found hardest because that was kind of like my one weekly, I'm a normal person doing normal person, like touching things, using my hands. Right. Uh, so much of the computer stuff is just so removed. And um, even though the majority of my job was literally just like cleaning up cat poo, emptying pens and like filling up storerooms, just the actual tactile, I'm picking this up and putting it here. Losing that, I think, was the biggest thing, which made me go a little bit like, ah. Is that still yeah. not a thing? Um, I'm maybe going to be starting that back up again in the next couple of months. Um, but yeah, they're still... So the place that I volunteer at, um, it's like the biggest... Some, as I'm more, it's the biggest animal shelter in the UK, and it's like 75% of their workload is done by volunteers. Wow. And they've had like no volunteers in at all, and they're only just putting it back in. So they're at like absolute minimum capacity. Um, yeah, it's been like insane. I've got friends who've been working there, and they've been taking it so seriously that like everyone who works there, they have like one week on and then two weeks off, then one week on just to try and like reduce any risk of exposure or anything. Wow. Um, which is good they're taking it that seriously. But yeah. Yeah. Are you able with your uh, condition to take the vaccinations? Yeah, no, I'm uh, fully vaccinated, but like the efficacy is reduced. Um, and it's like if they start doing booster shots over here, I'll be like one of the priorities. Like I got, uh, I was getting my vaccines when like people who were in like 80 and 90 were getting their vaccines because like that was kind of the thing. Um, so yeah, so it's like cool, but then we have a whole Delta thing. So it's all a bit, like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not qualified. I'm not Joe Rogan, so I'm not going to start spouting a bunch <laughs> of rubbish, but uh, I'm not really qualified enough. But yeah, as far as I know, uh, I'm better having had it than not had it, but the efficacy isn't that great because of 
of my yeah immune system stuff. Did you have a whole bunch of uh, seniors when you were there and, you know, only 80s, 90s are there, but then you're there. Were they all glaring at you and like writing down well, their notebooks? Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, I already look 12, so I'm 28. Um, <laughs> and I look younger than I am. So if you're then like 90 and you're like, yeah, um, there was a little bit of confusion there. <laughs> well, I got to say, I still I live vicariously through you and your hair. I used to have long, right. luscious locks, but your hair is just gorgeous. So. If I'm so not making eye thing... contact with you, I'm staring at your hair and I love it. Uh, I actually, I used to have longer hair than this when I was like 17, 18. Um, and then I had like really long hair and I was like, oh, I'm so cool and edgy indie art boy kind of thing. And then I got really ill and I spent, like, didn't leave the house for a year. And then I'm like, oh, new me going back to uni. Let's get a cool, trendy haircut. And then I thought I was really cool because it's like the Peaky Blinders had just come out. So I did the whole like Peaky Blinder thing. And I went to uni and every dude had the exact same haircut. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, maybe I should have kept what I had before. Oh, damn it. And uh, I've been wanting to grow it back out for like 10 years now or something. But I did it when you always see like buzz cuts and stuff. It's a bit of a yikes. But yeah, that was the good thing about not leaving the house for a year and a half is it's like, oh, I can't see my barber. So now we're back to. Yeah. I think you had it shorter by. when we last talked to you. I don't feel like it was. Yeah, I was still um, buzzing and stuff. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. What's um, from what I remember, you had a tiny bit of a break from PoE. Uh, yes. What's and I think that break was during this COVID time. But what what have you been doing outside of PoE to keep you busy? I mean, you locked yourself down more than it, yeah. many others would have. So what what's been keeping you sane? without the pets uh, well keeping sane implies i was sane to begin with but, um, <laughs> my mistake have i been keeping occupied so i got into messing around with unity which is like a game dev program um and also some blender making some assets i spent some time on that i got really into dungeons and dragons um and i actually have i need a new group because my current group is a bunch of americans so our games would start at like 1am for me which was fine <laughs> But then we had the dreaded, oh, someone could make this week, we'll go next week. And we haven't had a game in, I think, like two months or something. And it's like, what made it even worse is we'd been stuck in this mega dungeon and we'd spent like three months in this dungeon and we were getting just to the end and the DM was like, I've got something really special planned for the final fight. So if we just end the session early, then the next one can be super epic. And that was our last session. No. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, no, I just want to like, even if we only have one more game and that's the end of it, I just want to get out of that dungeon. And then I'm like, okay, we did the thing. How do you guys play um, it? remotely how does that work um so yeah we do a uh, voice on discord and then there's like dice robots in discord so you're like uh slash roll like d20 plus or whatever um and then we use something called owlbear which is like a tabletop thing and you can like move your little tokens around and put in your maps and stuff it's pretty good huh. oh that's really yeah. cool we love dungeons and dragons but we uh awful at it <laughs> We I mean, a, a, a it's like with all of that stuff, it's just about kind of like having fun. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah. I still don't understand it. We've tried it so many times. We don't have <laughs> anyone that knows how to DM. We've had people attempt to, and it's always confused me. Like, what is the, there was one time we played and if you have the ability to like search a room for traps, right? right. That's a thing, right? Does that, that makes <laughs> yeah. sense? Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was like, Am I just supposed to yell like search traps every time we walk into it? I don't understand the the the, yeah. the idea. It's never made sense to me. Yeah. So yeah, I expect my character to auto cast the the search trap thing. 
So yeah, so <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> this is not just like that was uh, four. briefly on that point when we were stuck in this dungeon. I was getting kind of frustrated with that because um there was like five of us and our group was really indecisive and every room would have like four different doors leading off it and it would be like 20 minutes of i inspect the key knob i stroke the door is it normal wood so i got to the point where i was just purposely just like barging through doors like i don't care what happens like let's just let's keep the pace moving guys we've been in this place for three months like you know you're the supporter um, so you can just heal up yeah when you stop because you took a break also streaming wise just for health yes. reasons and was that did that coincide with the poe sort of break as well um so i think i've taken like two or three breaks from poe so the first break i took from poe probably wouldn't have been that long after our episode because there was this whole thing about how like i had this job offer with ggg then like the world ended then like the job offer got pulled and i was kind of like what am i doing sure um and then i was like you know i'm just gonna like take a bit of a break away from pee right now because just like it was just a bit messy just like still being in that like constant pee headspace mm-hmm. um and then generally what tends to happen with me is and it's like i've been it's something that i've been wanting to do for a long time but i've only started doing it since i've moved into this new place is when i first started making youtube i never really intended to be like oh i'm going to be that guy who uploads a pee video every single day um and i feel like with how pee is this days you have like that really intense first month and then you have two months of content creators just like desperately scrounging for any content they can get their hands on. And my plan was always to like just do more stupid, wacky stuff in those two months. But before it was a case of I was um, like living in a spare room in my mum's house. So it's like, oh, I've got so much. No, I don't have any space whatsoever. Um, but yeah, now that I've moved and I've, I've come actually like, oh, I can, I'm not touching any walls. This is amazing. But yeah, I've just been like doing weather reporting or stupid skits. And, <laughs> okay, you know, well, I actually stuff. have to bring up, I don't know if you saw it or not, but the he did a video about his neighbors. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, my God. Guys. It was, uh, I'll show it to you after, before, after dark. It, I was oh. laughing my ass off. And it's 30 seconds. And it was like <laughs> super short, but it was, it was super fun to watch. That was actually a really good yeah. one. I like that one. Oh, good for you. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, you took the break. So they kind of coincided, but was it health? It wasn't health related. That that no. So the, the initial the initial one was just like I just need a bit of break from PoE, and then the the other break that I think you're talking about was it was November of last year. Um, I had this thing where like I would talk and I would just completely lose my voice, and I was constantly getting throat infections. And actually, I got rushed into A and E midnight of Christmas Day. Mm. Um. What's A and E? Like uh, accident emergency. Um, so it was like a twenty four seven kind of like hostel unit kind of thing. And yeah, my throat had like I was I was playing PoE and I'm like it's kind of hard to breathe. I'll take an antihistamine. And then like an hour went by and I'm like I think it's slightly harder to breathe. And after about three hours, it's like I'm actually really struggling to breathe. The base of my throat like completely soiled and shut. Um, and yeah, I got rushed into A and E, and I got put on some really heavy antibiotics. I had this thing where they shoved a camera up my nose and like down my throat, and I had to have it hooked up for twenty four hours. And they did all these tests, and basically they said we don't know what's wrong with you, uh, um, which was helpful. <laughs> and they said it's okay though; uh, we'll get you an E and T appointment, ears, nose, and throat specialist. Uh, but obviously with COVID, it's it, you, you, it might take a while. So my appointment was actually on the 24th of August, just gone. Wow. Um, because I've still been having issues in my throat. And I can basically, I can talk solidly for about two or three hours. And then it's kind of like, I can feel it going, which is why I haven't been streaming, because you kind of need to just ramble for streaming. But I'm fine for podcasts and YouTube content. 
Um, and yeah, like uh, what was kind of funny about my appointment on the 21st is uh, there's one hospital I usually go to for all my health treatments, my Crohn's and everything. And I'm like, actually, I don't know if that's where my specialist is. I'll just ring up to be sure because I don't want to turn up to the wrong hospital because that'd be super stupid. So I ring up and I'm like, hey, um, just to double check my appointment on the 21st, um, can you check my records? Is it at this hospital or the other one? And they're like, um, actually, it's at the other hospital, but don't worry about it, though, because they moved your appointment to the 12th of August and you missed it. Um, so, yeah, they no. moved it. It didn't tell me they'd moved it. And now I'm on another waiting list. And hopefully I'll get to work out what's wrong with my voice in less than a, a year. <laughs> that would be ideal. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still mildly angry about that. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. We have a similar <laughs> system in wait time as well. I feel your pain. I think one of the worst tests that can happen to you is something that's going through your, like the back of your nose and head. I, oh, it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. But how health health wise, without you know, I'm not trying to get into specifics here. But no, how, how, how are you? How are you? Yeah. How are you doing? Are you are you feeling good now? Despite the fact that you don't have your answers, um, are you cup half full? Are you able to go through um, life and do things the I, way you like? I kind of bounce between the two. It's it's one of the, so like. I was like bedridden for like a year when I was like 17, 18, um, super sick. Like everyone thought I had cancer or something. And then it was like, no, you've just got Crohn's. They put me on loads of heavy medication. And I went from 40 kg to 80 kg in a month. And I was like, okay, like super happy. So from a very early age, I was kind of just like, it is what it is when it comes to health. Um, when you don't know, it's a little bit confusing slash concerning because you just like you want to just know what it is. But uh, at the moment, I'm in a pretty good spot. I've actually been on a massive like health binge because I've started like going outside again. I'm now like I've got like these exercise uh, lists that I have to do, go through every day, and I'm trying to like get back into shape because a year and a half of not leaving the house isn't actually that great for you. It turns out. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who knew? So yeah, we're trying to trying to lose like five percent body fat, and uh, yeah, I'm in a pretty decent headspace wow. at the moment. Now, hang on. We even though we were supposed to use kg, we're close enough to the American border that we use pounds for some things and metric uh, for others. So you said four, no, no, I got it because I'm now. It just took me about half an hour to do that. You were forty kg. Yeah, uh, and that's I'm, like a feather. I'm just over six foot, which in freedom units is like 183 centimeters. You're uh, six. Okay, we do feet. Yeah, we're, we're messed too. up. We do feet. <laughs> we're all over the map. Okay. But but, right. we, but we make fun of people that use Fahrenheit. So that's true. Wait, you're you're taller than me. You were forty kg, but then you went to eighty, yep. and now you're dropping down. You're looking good, no matter what the numbers are. You're looking good. It's kind of like a bill. I'm in POE, um, you know, eighty-four kg at the moment. Wow, look at you. Yeah. Good for you. It's all the hair. What it is. So do you think your your shift with regards to like the health stuff and the POE stuff and all that kind of stuff, has it, did that have an effect on your content and how you were going to create things and stuff you wanted to do, given that now you weren't streaming hours it, a day? Um, it, it forced me to like actually make the content I wanted to make because I'd, I'd always wanted to be more carefree with my content. And it's funny because there's, there's a people who used to watch my stream because I never used to take my stream seriously at all. Um, and a lot of my, like, people would tune into my stream and be like, why aren't you playing PUE? And I'd just be in the PUE section just, like, goofing about or, like, talking rubbish. And people would say, why would you ever watch uh, Taki for PUE content? Because um, people just didn't know me for that. People who actually watch, like, no, you watch him for his random, like, discussions or whatever, talk about clothes or something. Um, but, yeah, when I suddenly couldn't stream anymore and it's like, okay, I've lost, like, the majority of my revenue because I was predominantly streaming and then making a little bit of money from YouTube. And then it's like, I can't do that. I had to focus all in on YouTube and I had to think about, like, okay, so what content do I really want to make? 
I've always found the like, oh, I'm going to upload three build guides a week. I've always found that really boring. Um, I have a lot of respect to people who can do it, but generally my point of view with a lot of that stuff is, is like, you trust the content creators who only play like two builds because they play those builds and like, you know that what they say is going to be great. And I feel like there's kind of like a critical mass. I feel like if you play PE full time, you can probably maintain like five build guides reasonably every league. Five to ten, if you're really committed, yes. But you get these guys who put, who put out like 20 build guides at league start and like another 20 during the league. And I'm like, I mean, come on, dude. Like, mm. yeah. Um, then they don't have time to respond for help. And then they say, message my exactly. Discord. And then somebody else who didn't make yeah. it that's helping out. Yeah. Um, and then also you have the issue of like, even if you're making like 10 build, good builds every league, but they then try and maintain their like guides from like two years ago, which is super outdated. And it's like, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, so I always knew that I wanted to shift away from that. So where I'm at with Pee Wee now, it's kind of like when I'm playing Pee Wee, I make videos about Pee Wee. If there's Pee Wee news, I make Pee Wee news videos. We still do like our own podcasts and stuff. And then in between, I just fill it with like discussion about random video games, discussion about game dev stuff weather reporting uh stupid skits and just like yeah i don't know just having fun with it which is um i i don't know if i've told you this before but like i am a trained filmmaker i have a degree mm -hmm. in filmmaking so fancy uh i am basically making the really bad student films that would like were barely a passing grade then but now they get like five to fifteen thousand views so i don't know it kind of works that's awesome and how are you with um, GGG on good terms? It seems like you're yeah, getting yeah, along yeah. well. It seems like there's a really good relationship there. Yeah, no, me and uh, if, if anything, that's actually like if I ever had any issues with GGG, it's the problem that I get on really well with some of the people there. Um, and it's kind of one of those things of and that was kind of why I like I wanted to take a bit of a break when the whole job thing kind of fell through. Because if it just been like some random company that I didn't have any contacts with, it's fine because you're just like sure. out of out of place, out of mind. But it's the fact that I have a lot of friends that I chat to. Like I chat to some of their programmers a lot. I chat a lot with their QA. Obviously, I talk with Bex uh, loads and stuff. Just like on a casual level, also like planning out podcasts and CM stuff. And like, every now and again, like I'll chat to Chris and stuff like that. But yeah, no, me and GDG are chill. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I, so many people listening. Every single person listening I would absolutely wish to just have one moment where any one yeah. of those people you mentioned would even just recognize them you know not not in any type of critical way on ggg's part no, but it's just yeah, no, they're no, celebrities no, to us mean. right so then you come on the show and you're like yeah like go for lunch every day with these people you know it's it's pretty well, awesome I, that's I, a pretty I have, sweet life i've actually sat on chris's lap um wow yeah there was a it was one of the dinner parties in new zealand and um, we were sat on this long table and it was uh, Chris, a bunch of streamers. And I think Jonathan was there as well. Um, and Rise was actually welling up a little bit. Like I could see because he was sat on the other side. I think he just kind of like got like, this is insane that we're actually sat in this place. Yeah, yeah. And I, I went, I got up to chat to him for a bit because I was sitting next to Chris. And I'm like, dude, you're right. He's like, yeah, it's just like this is this whole thing is just so surreal. I'm like, I know it's, it's really fucking weird. And then I turned around and someone had stolen my seat. And I'm like, what? No, you can't steal my seat. And, you know, and then there was this whole thing of like, well, either someone's moving or I'm just going to start sitting on laps. And then I, I don't think Chris knew that I was being serious. So he kind of like pulled back from the table a bit. And I'm like, all right, fine. We're doing this then. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I sat on his lap for about half an hour. Um, Very nice. 
Yeah, and then the person left, and I got my chair back. Um, I find in situations <laughs> like that, um, it gets very awkward. But if you just pretend that it isn't awkward, it becomes fine again. And then you've got like a you've got like a window before it gets awkward again. It it, it definitely gone through that cycle about I feel four like or half five an hour, times. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, I definitely pushed it. Um, but but yeah. Um, oh man. Yeah. That's awesome. That's hilarious. And then you started a talk show called Loose Ladies. No, yes, Loose Men. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I love the the description of going through the awkwardness. No, now I didn't overstay my welcome. Yeah, overstaying my welcome again. No, not again. No, that's awesome. Well, like, I think that's a lot of my humor as well. It's like you 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 get a joke and then you kind of just like just nose bomb it into the ground. And then if it's not funny for long enough, it starts to become funny again. Right. Just keep um, pushing it. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm, I, I'm realizing that uh, in order for us to make sure that this is a legit video version of this, we need to we need to add an overlay too. So just just oh, a reminder yeah. that we you can't be a, it can't be a it can't be a POE. What do you call it? Is it a video cast? A podcast? Podcast with video? I, I always used to call it a web show because I never sure. intended to do like a fully audio podcasting. Like people sort of have, because we don't have it on all the audio platforms. Mm -hmm. And people are like, what's a web show? And I, <laughs> I, even, I even had a like uh, bot command in my Twitch chat. Which, if someone said exclamation podcast, like the countdown timer, it'd say, it's not a podcast, it's a web show. Right. Type exclamation web show. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, people didn't catch on to that. So then I started calling it a podcast. As far as I'm concerned, you guys are the only legitimate Pee podcast because you stick to your scheduling. You've got like more episodes than anyone else. And it's an actual podcast only audio. rather than a bunch of streamers who are just like, oh, we're streamers. Ugh, you know, we, we've kind of screwed that with this episode, but this is just for it's like I checked it out out of curiosity. It's like 8% of our weekly listeners are YouTube. So we've done okay. this just for just for that eight percent. Yeah. If you're listening to this in audio, first off, you're the real hero. But also, <laughs> you can check it out real quick in YouTube, and we'll add a UI or whatever they're called, an overlay, because that's that's overlay. legit, right? That, <laughs> just, I love how, like, you know, you, you appreciate everybody. You know what it's like, no matter what platform yeah. they're seeing you on. You think they're fantastic, but I just love how Justin pretends to rag on the YouTuber viewers. It's just no, they're hilarious. fine. They're fine. <laughs> I mean, are they though? It's just as someone who is as someone who is a YouTuber. Are the people who use YouTube really okay? It's just you turn off. Yeah, it's weird. We do. It's an audio focused podcast, and so in order yeah. to make it on YouTube, I take four images provided by GGG in each episode yeah. and just cycle them every five minutes. Nice. It just cycles. I, it's weird that that's how you would want to listen to a podcast, but hey. But you're going to use what? Like if the internet existed in the 70s, you're going to use an overlay that looked like it was in the 70s, right? Yeah, I don't mm. know. I'm going to Google the first free overlay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get. I got to say, though, um, Bayclast is like the cornerstone of mm -hmm. the community. Like no matter how many podcasts are out there, it's Bayclast and then the rest. Like, well, you started it. You started everything. Yeah, yeah. And I remember some of your inspirational videos where you were and i don't know if they were just on i don't remember if they were individual videos or if it was just when i was watching your stream but you would say things encouraging others whether it was making another podcast or whether it was doing a guide for a build and you were like you know you're not if, if you want it and it's not there go out and do it Make and it. yeah yeah and that was something that i remember you preaching years ago and 
I started watching you only as like a bait class only when the GGG folks were on. Yeah. And but your your ability to control people, like your interviewers, not control people and manipulate them. But no, like when you when you're very good at controlling, like Justin and I, we've had some shows where there's more than one extra guest on and it's it's great and it's awesome but it's a lot of work and mm. you do an amazing job at controlling the environment when there's so many passionate people on there are so many different topics and for you to have the relationship that you do long term not just with these people but with ggg you're awesome i don't think any of us would be around doing i don't think the con the community would have anywhere near the amount of variety um, that it does if it wasn't for you and Bay class. So, oh, no, thanks. That's, that's really kind of you to say. Um, but yeah, I've always been very much of the opinion that make the content you want to watch. And as long as you're making the content you want to watch, then you can be fine with your content. Like yeah. it doesn't matter if it only gets five views or like a million views or whatever, because there's always a bigger fish in like content creation. There's always someone who just like absolutely trounces you. And in comparison, you're a complete nobody. Um, but yeah, it was from, because there, like there were there were like web shows or podcasts whatever you want to call them before Bay Class. Um, mm -hmm. There was Lion Eyes Watch, which was quite a big one, which went for a while, and there was State of Exile, which I think was the first one, which was like Ziggy, oh. Zeno, and Pox. Good for and you to remember guys. those things. Well, I was actually I was on State of Exile once. Uh, it was an awful appearance. I had if someone wants to laugh, I recommend just googling like Target Cat State of Exile just because of the camera angle. I had this really bad uh, webcam and I had to balance it at a really awkward angle on my monitor, but my monitor was really low. So basically the angle just went straight up my nose. <laughs> so I just I just kind of looked like this and people were like, why is this guy looking down on us? And they thought I was like purposely like being a snob, like looking down on the peasants <laughs> and chat and stuff. It was, it was a That's terrible awesome. angle. Um, but like, yeah, so when I started Baycross, I don't think there had been any podcasts for a few years. Like they'd all kind of like died out and people yeah. had shifted onto other things. And uh, both State of Exile and Lion Eyes Watch, they were very kind of not professional, but I feel like a lot of early gaming podcasts were, they were trying to be like, oh, we're professional radio hosts or TV shows. And it was very formal. And there wasn't this kind of just super laid back people talking over each other, hanging out in a bar sort of atmosphere, which is kind of what I was after um so yeah i there was a peewee meetup in berlin and um rise was there and he was the other guest on that state of exile episode and we'd never communicated for i'd watched all of his content but we actually got on surprisingly well so when we were in berlin i'm like hey dude i've been wanting to make this thing like would you be interested and at the time i was a complete another nobody um and he was just like, yeah, whatever. Like he thought, oh, this guy's not going to do anything. And then I hit him up a couple of months later. He's like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing it. And then yeah, we just kind of we went really for cool. it. And uh, however, like f we started it in Breach League. So how many years ago that was now? Oh um, man, just it all blends some... together, hey? You have no idea. It really was it three eleven? Yeah. Was it one point six? I don't know. Um, I love. Let's I see love what you did. What do you What do you use now as your determining factor for when you're going to put? together a, a, a bay class because i know you had with the health stuff you had some issues putting some of them on for a bit with the talking points like talking for three hours like you guys do what do you use now well, what's sort of like your guide uh, are you I looking at breach apparent, sorry just just brief yeah it came out in 2016 <laughs> wow God, we're pushing on like five years good oh, for God, you that is, that's crazy that's, that's too long that's right. too long uh, we, we should have retired something has to change uh, no. <laughs> um that'll be a sad yeah, day so uh for our scheduling for bay class 
Um, see, it's I, I feel like it used to, what we used to do is we used to try and do an episode every two weeks um, because that was another thing. A lot of podcasts, um, I feel like, and that's one thing that I think you guys do really well because you're consistent. But it, I don't feel like you're forcing the episodes, and if you are, it doesn't feel like that anyway when sure. I listen to them. Um, but a lot of the times is, um, and that was, I think, some of the downfall of the early podcast before Bay Class is they'd have these very dogmatic, we have to stick to our schedule. Mm. And we tried doing that a little bit. And I realized very early on that there's nothing wrong with just being like, we're done with this league and we'll come back next. Yep. Um, so, yeah, what I try to do is I try to get one to two episodes out before league. Um, and then we'll do an episode a week into the league. And then every two weeks after until I feel like we've kind of exhausted the content. Um, it got complicated a little bit because now we start, we've had a couple of leagues of like being part of the league announcement itself, which is really cool. But then it kind of like messes with the timeline a little bit. Sure. Um, Worth and it. And then when That's you have awesome. devs on, yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. It's really cool doing that stuff. Um, so yeah, we're hoping to do one because we've got the next Chris interview with Grim, Gazzy, and Tuna on Wednesday, I believe, Wednesday coming. Mm-hmm. So I think we're hoping on doing a Bay class on like that Saturday or Sunday to not only react to that one, but also like our own Bay class with Chris, because that's one of the things which is kind of funny about like interviewing devs is that you then because you're the guy doing the interview, you, you then don't really take part in the reacting to yourself stuff. Like I do sure. a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, so we kind of just want to like break down our own thoughts on the Chris thing. Then there was the Zizzle Mathel one and then the Grim one. You're just kind of like really vibing out how we feel about things. Um, but yeah. Mm. Was, uh, has there been a more, I don't know what the word would be. Mother effer. Cough when I'm how talking. Dare you cough during his I couldn't, question. God, I couldn't it, stop. It was tickling. <laughs> uh, okay. So has there, has there ever been a Bay class that's been more, I don't know, than what the last one was? I, pressure. <laughs> well, I guess the pressure, but I'm, I'm guess I'm more talking about the aftermath, the stuff that people were saying and doing afterwards. Like I, obviously you guys, have had, right, I would yeah. imagine there have been some with as much pressure for sure. I mean, if you go to some of the early interviews with devs, you probably felt it. I assume this one was probably one of the higher ones just because there was so much riding on your shoulders. I, I, from the I community. think, I think this was the worst in terms of pressure actually. Um, because so the very brief bit of background so like going back to the film stuff is i'm actually a trained documentary filmmaker and i i've had some interview technique training i'm not like a journalist by any means but like i've made documentaries about artists who are artists are generally quite difficult because they're artists um and so i've kind of had some background in the whole like oh this is an awkward thing there's a lot riding on this and i think like the most pressure thing was really exarcon and kind of like after exarcon it was kind of like oh just having a dev on who cares you know sure um but with this one it was just the intensity of it was like because we all knew that it was going to be like people had a lot riding on because you know, before, I mean, there's still some people now, like, the, the game is doomed, but there was a lot of people, like, depending on how this goes, um, I'll quit the game forever. I actually had quite a few people messaging me saying that we should cancel the podcast because um, they thought that it wasn't worth the fallout it would have on our mental health. Sure. They were like, it doesn't matter what they say, people are going to attack you. I think you guys yeah. are better off just not doing it. Um, but, uh, no, I think it went, I'm really glad with how it went, and I think there's been some positive, like, 
unfortunately with all the nastiness surrounding that episode uh, and then rise talking up about it and me talking up about it and stuff you then had like the reddit moderation team and now doing some things and that's one of the things which is a little bit unfortunate sometimes with this sort of stuff is it, it often feels like it takes something nasty for people to take anything serious you know what i mean yeah um it's like oh maybe after the 27th school shooting maybe we might actually look into some reform here or something just i like to keep things light you know um, <laughs> uh, yeah yeah, uh, but yeah, there was yeah there was a lot of discussion which came out of the last uh, Bay class. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot more which comes out of the grim one. I th- actually I, that's one thing in a way I feel like um, the upcoming podcast might even have as much pressure put on it because it's like it's the last one of the three. Mm. Um, there are some people who d- either didn't get what they wanted from the Bay class or they didn't get what they wanted from the Ziz and Mathel things. So they're like, oh, but these guys they're going to fulfill my dreams and desires and. Um, yeah. yeah, there's always just going to be that pressure there, and um, I think also because like the the kinds of players they're very much representing more that softcore trade, gotta go fast, zoomer, super crafting mindset. So like people had to go at us for not representing that, but then it's like, well, if these guys do represent that, and those people still don't feel heard, then it's like you failed us. You were the chosen ones. So yeah, you know, it's it's it is what it is. I'm sure they'll do a great job there. Do you feel like it was a benefit to you guys? And then Ziz and Mathel did theirs, and Grimm's doing his to invite questions from outside. Like I, I, I this is just me speaking because I'm not involved in that at all. I would never do that. And the reason for it is because then I feel like you're just giving people this ability to come at you afterwards and everybody thinks their opinion's important. But like even you guys talked about it in yours, Ziz and Mathel for sure in theirs, I'm sure Grim will bring it up in his where it's like, well, these are questions that people wanted us to ask. And so sometimes you don't get the follow up or the, the heart into the question when it's not necessarily the thing that you wanted to talk to that person about. Um, I actually think that the Ziz and Mathel thing suffered a bit from that. Um, I think they did a, gr- a great job, but I think they were a, a little too concerned with like, oh, I need to answer people's things. So it, I felt like they they probably would have been better served picking like just a, a handful of key ones and then focusing more on what they wanted to talk about. Because like that was one of the things as well is it, it's all well and good collecting these things. But if you don't have the information to back it up. Right. You then, as you say, you can't then challenge it. And it's not because you're not interested, because you just lack the info. Sure. Um, so what we decided to do very early on, this is before it was even announced, is we're like, okay, we know there's a lot of pressure. We're going to speak to a few key people that we trust who fill those niches that we don't like play ourselves. And then we'll make like a list of like five to 10 key community questions. And then the rest is just going to be us. Right. So um, I made a massive topic list. And what I did was is I, uh, I sectioned everything out, like Taki's questions, Rise questions, Octavians, et cetera. And I was like, okay, everyone just shove like 20 questions into your thing. We'll collect some community things. Like if we, between us, we collect like another 20 from the community. And then we'll cut down any duplicates and we'll trim it out and we'll format it and we'll order everything so it has a nice flow. Because that's the other thing as well. If, if you're just doing like, if you're like, oh, here's our 100 questions but you don't like organize them at all. It's like, what's the point? It's Cause you know, yep. yeah, it's just completely redundant. Um, so yeah, we, we had a lot of cutting and cutting and condensing. Um, and then the way our topic, list was basically formed out is we kind of, we knew when we would have wanted to talk about, we, we had like a section, which was like highlighted, like important community things. These have to be covered. And then it's like, okay, we've done that. We can now do like 
everyone had that one thing that they wanted to talk about. So Ziggy had his own thing. I had my stuff. Like I had my loot boxing thing, which kind of went into the end. I was like, loot boxes are evil. Screw you. You know, mm. uh, the new I'm, one I'm just came out. <laughs> yeah. The new one just came out. Yeah. Yeah. So awful. I hate the stuff. <laughs> how, how are you liking Peter? Like, how's your voice? You okay? I'm all right. Yeah. All right. Cause, right. cause you're carrying us. So you're doing okay. <laughs> it's fine. All right. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm just going to keep sipping at water. If I start like wheezing, I'll let you know if I'm like losing my voice and stuff. Right, right. Sounds good. Go. Then sign language will be good with, because this is video, right? Awesome. Exactly. That for was a thumbs up, folks. folks. I will <laughs> say for the SoundCloud listeners, that wouldn't be very entertaining if we continued it <laughs> no, through sign language. No, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll tell them what you said. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, perfect. Oh, okay, so that's good, yeah. Well, Tarky likes Justin's hair. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, um. How are you liking POE these days? Like throw, you know, like it's easy for the community to infiltrate kind of, and then we get that opinion a little bit, or it's hard to ignore, even if it wasn't something that was on our heart, but on our heart, because, you know, POE is important to us, obviously. But what, what do you think of the state of the game? How are you liking POE today? Um, I think POE is kind of in its like awkward hair stage. It's like, it's, it's in between two haircuts. So this is just the hair podcast. Everything else you're related to mm-hmm. hair. And it's just like, I think whatever way you cut it, if you want the game to be fast, if you want the game to be slow, if you want harvest, if you don't want harvest, it's just got a rocky few years ahead. And um, I think if you focus on the things that you enjoy about it, like I know that regardless of what the patch is, I can turn up every league and I'll find something that I can enjoy and I'll play for as long as I play. Um, so I might, at this point, I'm pretty much done with the league. Um, I would have kept playing for more, but a lot of the like, because of all the whole Chris thing and all the pressure and everything, I was kind of like, I, I just got like d- the apathy built up a bit sooner than uh, expected. But I think that's where most content creators are, especially people play it full time. Is it's not a case of like people hate the game, but it's just like the apathy just builds, and then you, you get a couple of like dud patches in a row, and you get some angry community people, and you're like, you know what, I'm good. Yeah. But, uh, no, I think PB is in an okay spot. It's definitely like in an awkward place. Um, I'm really looking forward to the the atlas changes like going on for regions i think that'll do a lot and um, it's actually one thing which is quite funny i did an ssf re- so i only play software sf these days but i did an ssf so, reset hang on, say just- that again those oh. those letters went by fast would you say so, uh, softcore service stuff i only play softcore gotcha. service stuff perfect okay and um i decided to do a reset of that because you can reset your progress at any point in service stuff and uh just before the crush thing because i'm like I oh this is also that. heavy yeah, you can just migrate all your solo self and progress to Trade League, and then you get like a fresh solo self and to go for it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, all this stuff is so heavy. I just want to make a fresh carriage and like, you know, pick up some random white items on the beach. And and I was like having a lot of fun just cruising through the axe and whatever. And then when Chris said they're reducing all the Atlas stuff down to like 100 maps and four regions, for whatever reason, because like I'm fine losing all my progress every three months, but I'm like, why would I do that grind when the grind is going to be so much better next year? <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. That's like really messed with my head. And I wonder if that's something that maybe like more casual players who don't like progress as fast of experience as well. Whereas kind of like like the guys stuck in white maps or yellow maps, and they're kind of like, I mean, I could keep collecting my watchstones, but it's going to be so much smoother next league. So I guess I'll just stop. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with PV at the moment. One thing I noticed with this league, because this is one of the first leagues, I, I actually have enjoyed this league, but it's one of the first ones where I've had a little bit of time to go way further into endgame. And it's amazing how much you miss out on PoE if you don't get deep into endgame. Like Maven changes so much of the Atlas, and it's amazing how much of that you just do not experience unless you are 
really, really deep into Endgame. Oh, Tyler. Um, Can I ask you just what you think of the, like where you're at with POE today? I'm fine. I think it's fine. I, I, it, for me, it's a just, it's a filler. It's something to do. This league's been fun because I've actually really enjoyed the build. And uh, I was not having, I, I stopped caring about whatever, you know, I don't read Reddit anymore. I'm not into all that kind of stuff. So the game, it, it for me, it's fine. Uh, but I am, I've been really surprised just at how much of the stuff is gated by, to me, a, an insane amount of time to play every single league. Cause I like to play every league. I love the fresh start, but you have to, you really have to commit a lot of time to get into that end game. This is the first time un unlocking the uncharted realm and getting some of the extra. It's just crazy how much of that stuff there is in the end game. And you just do not see it unless you've got a pretty good amount of time to put into it. So, so you're saying the uncharted realm is real. Yeah, apparently it's a real thing. <laughs> it's lies. Yeah, it's a real thing. Do you think it's the, when you talk about the apathy though, towards it, is it typically the league content or the game changes that tend to fix that for you? Like, is it, is it something that they would have to go, here's the league, here's the concept of the league and it's going to be awesome and fun. Or is it like you said, the Atlas changes or the core sort of changes that would tend to make that apathy maybe take longer to kick in? So, like, I actually, the league itself, I really love Expedition, uh, especially the logbook content. I think this is an amazing league. For me, it's like, if I wasn't a content creator, I would probably play till, like, month two, month three of every league. Mm. Um, I, the main thing which hits it, and I, I've had this conversation with a lot of people, and even, like, a lot of the content creators who seem super like, oh, yeah, let's go, and they don't talk about this stuff publicly, they feel it super hard. And sure. A lot of it is just, like, where the community is at, and... Um, it's it's very frustrating going through the same like boom bust cycle every three months of like ggg is the best company ggg is the worst company ggg is listening to us ggg hates us and just like <laughs> this ping pong and it's like you get so used to it you can like you can graph it out and there'll be cases where like yeah ggg legitimately drops the ball and there's something that you can be like okay this is a reasonable thing for you to be like outraged about but it's just so cyclical. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the main thing which really grinds you down. And um, it's like, it's very easy just being of the mindset, like, oh, we don't use Reddit, we don't use this, we don't use that. Um, but then it's like, well, if your content is engaging with all that stuff, sure. you end up, you lose all the, you lose all the content. Yep. Um, and that's that's been a big thing as well for me, is like, uh, I, I use Reddit much, much less generally what i will do now is it's like every couple of, i used to check it like multiple times right now it's like every couple of days i might just scroll through the threads and then you, you do, without even clicking through you can kind of get an idea of like where will the good discussion sure. be and whatever um and then like i do quite a lot of stuff on the forums the thing that i do and i, I think i've pretty much always done this is i watch all the peewee youtube content and i've always done that and i watch it from like all different creators because i find it quite interesting seeing where different people are at and also i have this fun little game that i play because i do talk to a lot of people behind the scenes and i always find it quite amusing when the conversations you have behind the scenes doesn't match up with the stuff they're saying publicly <laughs> sure. uh, yeah. that's why i find it quite funny um but yeah it's and i think gggs in a similar boat themselves and like I, I don't think it's fair to just like put all the blame on like oh it's just Reddit or it's just twitch or it's just this like um it's it's a big group thing you know because you you have ggg's communication i feel like in the early days it used to be much more proactive they'd be like this is what we're thinking of working on this is the kind of stuff we're excited about and it used to be a lot more like that whereas these days it feels much more guarded it's kind of like we'll communicate when there's a crisis and it's like the whole thing we have like chris is doing these amazing things doing all these interviews but the only reason he's doing all these interviews is because things got so bad and they lost a third of their player base mm -hmm. 
Um, and if he was doing like mid-league interviews when the league was going great, then the players who maybe felt a little bit more edgy and a little bit more like, ooh, they'd feel a lot more reassured. And it's, you know, I think it's a combination of, you know, GDG communication not being that great in recent years, COVID just generally making everyone a bit more insane, Reddit being Reddit, and then like content creators feeding that Reddit hate cycle, which is, it's very easy to do. And it kind of boils back into... um that whole thing of like with the way that poe is built you have a really good first month of content and then two months of what do i do and i know that i used to do this a lot with my earlier content it's very easy to be like i'm going to be the reactionary twitch guy and i'm just going to be like angry all the time uh because it gets clicks like people click sure. on that stuff um and i'm now just of the mindset i was like i mean you could do that or you could make a video with your cat <laughs> and I'd make a video with my cat, you know. So, uh, Do you think that Chris doing interviews and conversations mid league works? If because the the thing I find with them, especially over the last I don't know, probably two or three years, they love league launch. They love the lead up oh. to it. They love the secrecy behind it. They love the excitement people have going into it. If he's doing interviews and conversations mid league are they going to be something that is more like what he had to do this time where it's like, Hey, here's some of the things we're actually going to do. And then it kind of takes that excitement out of the league launch. I'm, I'm just kind of curious from their point of view, if that's beneficial because it maybe calms the player base, but then does it have a negative impact on how a league launch goes? So that's a big, I've had a few conversations with them um, about this and it, that's a big thing. And um like, again, just to kind of to dispel the decision, because I do talk quite regularly with people at GG, but most of my conversations are just like, oh, what TV shows are you watching? Or random stuff. Like, most of our conversations aren't actually about Path of Exile. And the people always think that I'm like, I hold all the keys mm -hmm. to the code base and yeah. I manipulate every patch, um, which would be quite fun. But anyway, <laughs> um, but no, so I feel like, you know, I have had this conversation before where I'll be like, oh, I'm really frustrated with this feature. And like, there's something that's just like, it's not quite landing. And then they'll be like, yeah, we maybe have something which might address that. And I'm like, well, why don't you tell people? Because if you tell people, then like people will feel... It's not even a case of just feeling hurt. It's just the, the thing which happens, and you see the 315 was the, the extreme of this, is with how crazy each league is, and like some of these wacky ideas they come out with and how secretive they can be, you, you feel like you're on a journey and you don't know the destination. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, if we, had a best, if we had a better concept of where we were headed, then, you know, we wouldn't mind so much about some of the weird stuff or like some of the decisions which seem strange would make sense in context, but often we're missing that context. Right. And I, I do think they definitely battle with that, that fear of kind of like, I mean, we could reveal this thing, but yeah, then it makes 316 feel less exciting. And this time they decided, okay, we'll leak some of the stuff, like the, the Maiden stuff and this and that. And I think that... If they if they address it from a point of view of like, okay, so next league we want to be focusing on these kind of topics, but then they keep all the league stuff secret, well then you've still got a big exciting league, you know? And I, I think personally that would probably be the way that I'd rather go. And maybe for your big like end of year expansion, maybe that stuff when you're doing big like end game changes, maybe keep that a bit secretive. But um I think the player base would generally be a better place if GGD's like, hey, if 319 is the loot patch, then we're gonna say that's the loot patch. You know what I mean? Yeah, but uh, that's just my opinion on it. No, that that makes a lot of sense because remember when they changed, they had the melee league, right? They just yes. changed, and this was I don't know, what was it, three point nine, one point nine, who knows, and... something like that. And but they change it, 
And I mean, anyone, when you take a step back from the passion of the scenario, you're like, okay, well, they're not just going to do a melee patch. Other things are coming, but no communication was there. So people that are pure spellcasters, pure minion based, um, your bow characters, they, some of them anyway, it was loud. Who, how, who knows how many people it was, but it was like, hey, well, where's my stuff? And because there's, you're only saying, here's the melee. Don't worry, we'll get to the rest. It was just here's our melee patch. And yeah, I think what you say can really resonate with a lot of people that are passionate about their certain standpoints, for sure. But like, it really does depend on the person. And it's also, it's one of those things as well that, um, I think it was Heist when they said they wanted to be making smaller scope leagues because they were realizing that their scope was getting away from them and they were being too ambitious. And Chris even said that about this league is they, they tried to fit too much balance in with all the other stuff. And that's kind of where they lost their way a little bit. And I could maybe understand from the point of view of if they actually did just really dial in each patch to be hyper, we're going to address this one core thing. Yeah. Then I can understand, yeah, maybe you might want to keep that if you've only got like this one key feature and then a few like incidental changes. But, you know, it, it depends on the person. And, and just because you do something for one league doesn't mean you do it for every league. I think GG can often be a bit too rigid of like, well, this is how we've always done things. So let's not m- ruin the recipe kind of thing. Yeah. Do you think as a content creator i talked about this and check this out justin this is gonna be amazing i talked about this in episode 99 we haven't done episode 99 yet this is so <laughs> mind-boggling i feel like i'm in any like a time movie anyway so i talked about this in 99 but i now i don't know what it was so much hype about me i'm actually gonna keep this all into yeah no that's fine that's <laughs> no that a lot of the leagues not every league but a lot of the most recent leagues going over the last few years like maybe the last 10 they've been massive changes they're not like here's our league and a bunch of bug fixes it's they're massive changes after massive change to core content and then of course you're adding a league i'm finding myself as a content creator i i prefer guides and filters that's that's where i go and it's it's impossible for me to put out content with so many major changes on a regular basis and so i'm changing my content creation mentality for this is a build i like this is or isn't a good league for it that's nice yeah. it'll be around next league too and you know you make the minor changes has ggg's i don't know if they've meant to go this route but they're kind of new way of just every league has a huge update that really changes the core elements of the game obviously this league is like an extreme exception where you know it's like flasks and mana like that was crazy but does it change kind of your mentality of how you can put out content uh definitely and again it's a big reason why i kind of i stepped less away from guide content like even when i do build videos these days i don't call them guides i'm kind of like this is what i'm playing this is kind of how i'd like to play yeah. with stuff and there's even around leagues that I, what i generally try to do is i i try to give people templates kind of like this is how i would maybe approach this thing um, because if you try and do the super detailed guide thing, you just end up in this really difficult situation of either you put all these thousands of hours in and then it's only valid for a league or you're just constantly chasing your own tail. I had a really good conversation with Engineering Eternity. He was one of the nicest people I've ever met. I, I was lucky enough to hang yeah. out with him a bit in New Zealand. Um, such a great guy. And he was really frustrated. Like that, he was talking about how that was something he'd been really struggling with because he was making these amazing guides and he was putting all these hours in and his production value, everything was just immaculate. And then it's like a month goes by and it's all worthless. Right. <laughs> and he's just like, he was in a situation of like, well, what do I do? Do I just keep maintaining the same 10 videos over and over again, never making anything new? Or if I make anything new, I'm just adding more to the list. 
And um, I think that, yeah, it's you either have to have the point of view of like, I only have like, these are my two guides. I update every league and I can kind of manage that. Or you have to just be like, here's the 10 for this league and they're dead. And then maybe there's the 10 for next league or, you know, whatever. Mm. If you take a bird's eye view approach, kind of look at, at Path of Exile right now, is there anything you'd like to see changed, modified, maybe not necessarily removed, but just that's not working or you don't like it in the current state that it is? That's an easy question. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a few gameplay things which I think need changing, but I honestly think that the, big, the single biggest thing um, which would have the most long-term impact would be structural changes at GGG. I think that they need to improve their internal and external communication. And I think there just needs to be this real thing of just a clear and concise, like, okay, what is our goal? Let's just stop for a minute. Let's focus on this. Let's test this as best as we can. And I think even if it just means like smaller scope each league, then that will disappoint some people. But I think that's just the better way to go. Because I could like the, the obvious thing to be like, oh, well, loot is a problem. And loot definitely needs attention. That's like a big thing right now. Um, Flasks need attention. But like, there'll always be end the next big thing. Um, and I think the main thing for them is they really need to focus on it. Um, I often, I think this is true of like most studios, but the difference between like GGG and most studios is because it's, it's a live servers game with a three month release. Their release window is insane. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I always use this example. So apologies to anyone who's heard this before, but like, okay, so you're working on a new league and you've got five teams and it's like, okay, so we're going to break up the, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing this, you're doing that. So team A is working on one thing, team B is working on another. And this is just me speculating. This isn't me like Chris saying, yes, this is exactly how we make content, but it, it makes sense. So team A, they does their project and they finish first and they present it to Chris or whoever. And he's like, yeah, that's pretty good. But do you mind just changing this one thing? And it's like, all right, cool. And then no one tells team B. And then team B, like three days later, like, hey, we've done our thing. And it's like, oh, that's great. But we've changed team A's setup a little bit. So if you could change your setup to marry up with that, that'd be fucking lit. And they're like, all right, awesome. Team C comes along. Yeah, so actually both A and B, so your stuff, you kind of have to scrap half of that. And then you get, to, and you haven't even gotten to like to team G yet. And then by the time they turn up, it's like, dude, we're not even, we're, we're doing a Pokemon League. What, what's this? Tetris. No, no, no. That's so last month. Um, and it just like, they iterate so quickly. It's, it's, um, it's really inspiring how quickly they can iterate. And the fact they can even just keep the game running with their, their cycle, like doing the three-month thing and then developing PWE 2 on top is absolutely insane. But um, yeah, somewhere something needs to give, you know. Um, so if they're going to stick with like, yeah, we're making PWE 2 and working this and we're going to stick to our deadlines, then I think they just need to really focus on the communication and dialing in their scope. Mm. What's with all the changes that are coming and of course the impending depending on your opinion, the impending doom or the impending glory of PoE2, what's yeah. something you'd be heartbroken to see disappear? What, like uh, maybe that thing that you never think about that all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, that would suck if that left. I am, um, it's something that was actually talked about when, a, when ascendancies were first introduced. Um, so a lot of the appeal of early Path of X was the idea that you could do any build on any class because the class just dictated where you start on skill tree. And then we had ascendancies introduced and stuff became more specialized. And now things are pretty specialized. Like you take a build, it might work on like two or three ascendancies, but it's kind of like you've really got to stretch to then justify it on like a jug or something, right? And I think that'd be my biggest concern with PV2 is we're getting 19 new ascendancies. So when you've got like 30 ascendancies or whatever it is, how are you going to avoid the thing if it's everything's hyper specialized? It's like, oh, you want to play that build? And then it's just that one thing. 
And I think losing some of that flexibility is probably the thing that scares me most with PB2. And um, it, it would suck for things to come super rush. But also, like, <laughs> I, I remember that. I remember speaking to Engineer Gritelli about this because, like, I, I bumped into him. Uh, I was coming off stage and he was coming out of, like, the panel thing of the PB2 announcement. And he looked at me just like, 19 new ascendancies like can you imagine like how how are we meant to do guides anymore <laughs> yeah uh yeah that that is the main thing which kind of worries me about pv2 uh mm. because like how like ugh. yeah i could yeah. see it definitely needing to focus on a specialization for sure yeah. that'll make it hard yeah. in the long run so you said you're done pretty much for this league was there anything though through this league that you just was were loving that it was actually like really enjoyable um logbooks i think logbooks are the best content added to peewee in many years i really hope logbooks go into the core game um it's i really enjoy logbooks and i've said this before on baycross like they could have been tedious so easily mm -hmm. uh, this whole thing of like oh you've got to spend like minutes running around look at all the things plan out all the things but i find it super engaging content and i'm i wouldn't be surprised if they did what they did with the ultimatum like they give it like a, a league off or maybe they bring it back in like another one or two leagues time but i really hope that exhibition comes back and i hate uh npc creep like i hate the thing of like every league i've got to add like an extra 20 people to my hideout mm -hmm. and if i'm <laughs> desperate for a league with four npcs to go call then you know it's good but no i i, I adore logbooks yeah. I think one of my favorite parts about logbooks is how they make it's well, I can't think of too many other things where the 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 when you're doing them it's interactive like there's things yes. things are falling off the walls depending on where you blow it up and I, it's just I have I can't remember too much content they've done that's like that where you actually feel like you're part of whatever you're doing. It almost um it almost has kind of like an exploration sort of a vibe to it as well which I really love games which kind of give you that sense of exploration and uh yeah, it, like, even if it's just like a super novel thing, like the first time you get like the fungal hollow and it's like you just get this amazingly massive cavern. It's like, right. this is like a map, you know? Uh, I love that stuff. I want more of that. Hmm. I used to think Path of Exile was open world. Those are the days, hey, Just. Really? <laughs> oh, jerk. How do you set up your hideout? Like, where where do you put your NPCs? Do you have like a... Every, every, is, yeah. Uh, I go for I I go for aesthetics. Uh, I just I treat it from like a pretty much a Sims POV, um, and it will be like every other league. I'll be like I'm going to spend three weeks working on a really sick hideout, and I'll use this for a few leagues. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'll do another one. So um, I will probably in like the next few weeks. That's what I'll be doing in PV. I'll be like making a really cool hideout for the next couple of leagues. But um, yeah, I just I just tend to think of a vibe. I used to be. Um, in really close contact with Derek, who was like one of the main hideout guys. He doesn't do them anymore. Um, but that is one aspect of PvE I think is really cool. And I think it's actually super underserviced because it's like people can go really crazy on that stuff, but there's actually a lot of barriers to entry, which I find so strange. I've always found it weird, some of the barriers to entry, and you even said this a little bit yourself, like with all this endgame stuff you have to do, it kind of feels like GGG is almost afraid of players having fun sometimes. I don't know, it's odd. <laughs> it is hard to make one so you do make them yourself though you don't download them right no, i do like everything that. entirely myself I've, I've never used another person's side up hmm. uh, because i am special snowflake man <laughs> i refuse to use the labor of others you know Where, who's your seller who do you sell to vendor to when you're done um i mostly use uh jun because i play a lot of solo stuff now it's like i find it easy to just like collect all the unveiled items then unveil and sell at the same time mm-hmm um, but yeah, if it's not Harabi Navali, because the prophecies. 
Yeah, I have to use the reminder method too, and it's either between her, those two ladies as well. Yeah. Hmm. Where you were talking about um, kind of your builds and just doing your own fun stuff. Is there one you just keep taking? Like we talked to you a year and a half ago now, pose yeah. the question to you then, but obviously things change, content changes. What's been, no matter what the core is, you just want to play it anyway. I mean, it's always like Corsicaro or Traps. Yeah. Um, so it's something which just is, is very flexible. I like builds which don't have too much visual clutter, which is like Corsicaro. It's kind of like the perfect build. It's a, a dot build, so you have high uptime on bossing. Um, it has most of its getting through skill gems. It's very easy to craft all your own gear for. Um, and it's one of those things that you can do it on like six different ascendancies. And that's what I tend to do. I like builds that I can do the same build every single league, but approach it differently. Um, and that's one of the things which is why I worry about this uber specialization. It's like a lot of the impale stuff, it's like, yeah, you kind of just want to play a champion. And even though I would enjoy those builds, I wouldn't play them because people say like, oh, you've played the same build like for six leagues in a row. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, well, actually, if you look at them, it's a different build every single time. Um, and that's one of the things that I find most fun about Peewee is like, oh, they've done a passive tree change or they've introduced this new item type, but how is that going to impact how I'd approach these builds? But I think a lot of that's just to do with the fact that um, self-cast has been in poor state for a long time and bow builds have been very, like, you need insane currency to get them functioning because I used to only play bow builds and I've just kind of been edged out of that as a solo self player. So uh, that's one thing I would like to be more accessible again. Hmm. When you talk about the concern of the over-specialization with PoE2 and the new ascendancies and all that kind of stuff, uh, does it make you still excited for PoE2 eventually to come out? Or would you be fine if it just takes its time and you'll just chill playing PoE? I'm kind of so, curious stories from a personal and a content creator side. Like so, if it's different. Yeah, no, I, no, I totally get that. So I, I think there are some problems with the PV2 stuff. I think there's way too much expectations on it. And one thing that Chris does with PV2 that really irritates me, and every time we have him on, I ask him the same question. He keeps saying the same thing. I keep saying, for the people that thinks PV2 will fix everything, what do you say? And he will keep saying, well, it should. And I'm like, no, Chris, stop building these insane expectations because it's impossible to release a perfect product. There will always be a flaw somewhere. There will always be something which could be improved. And I do think that PV2 is kind of cursed from that because there's just so much, like, everyone has their own image of what it will be in their head, for better or worse, that they might be dreading what it might be when actually it's like they'd really enjoy playing or the complete opposite. And I feel like with Chris is keeping like, but it will be the best. It's like, no, stop, Chris, just like, temper expectations. Um, but no, I'm... So, like, the gem system, that's tied to PV2. They'll never release that before PV2. And I'm really desperate for the gem system. So I got to play the demo. Um, in the office, actually, because I didn't have any time to play it on the, the uh, stage floor because I was too busy like being part of panels and stuff. So I got to go to the office and uh, hang out in Chris's office and play it on his computer, which is pretty cool. And it sounds dumb, but it's insane how smooth it is to be like, oh, I'm just playing and I've picked up an item and you just equip it. You don't even think about it. And you're still playing it. And then Chris was like, he leant over and sure like, you know you didn't need to mess with all your gems and worry about sockets and colors. And I'm like, oh God, that was so smooth. And it really like will make such a massive difference, especially if they, if they can get this whole loot thing working. So, okay, so like, because if you play Solo Southland, you find a lot of your own upgrades off the floor. And that's like a lot of trade league players missing. But they can have it where trade league players are actually like engaging loot off the floor. Um, it'll be such a massive thing. Because you, you often, like how often have you been in that situation where like, you find a random chess piece which maybe has like one good influence mod and you're like, 
I mean, this is pretty good, but it's nowhere near good enough to justify six linking. 100%. Right? And you, you get that a lot with like, oh, this is a really good like two-handed weapon, but it's not good enough that I'd waste all my fusings on. And I think fixing that problem would actually open up the gearing to a lot of players. Um, and yeah, that's one thing. The fact that they have some systems that think that they will only ship with PV2, I just want PV2. Um, and then from like a content creation point of view, yeah, I I I accepted like a, I pretty much accepted a, uh, like a year, year and a half ago now. Um, quite soon after Xlocon, like this isn't coming out anytime soon. Uh, Chris has been saying it's going to be coming out like 2024. Even that, I think, is a bit optimistic. I'm kind of like 2025 plus, you know. Um, and it's going to be a bumpy ride, but just like ship it when it's ready. I would much rather that they took their time with it. And that led to better leagues and content for PvE 1 than this idea of like, let's try and have this super like insane schedule, which then just means we have like three or four leagues of poor PvE quality. Like, I would rather it took an extra two years, but we were getting better, more consistent leagues than we had it like a bit sooner, but the league quality is super inconsistent and the player base is angry every other league, you know? Do you think the loot problem could be fixed with less base types? Like, for example, like, so, I mean, I I love that there's what the six different base types per se for armor, right? You have strength, dex, intelligence, and then you have the threes that are mixed. Hybrid, right? And then, but as you're leveling, let's say you just have boots. There's what 12 different base types of boots. Um, if they went with like one base type of strength boots, but then that implicit of whatever it was, or maybe they have three different base types, but they have different implicits. If it was the same implicit, but that defense increased based on item level, I, I, here's, here's kind of what I'm getting at. Right now, I have a problem with how the loot system works because I'm only showing best base types. Most filters show only the best base types based on a defensive value, but not all builds are going to use those defensive values. So they're missing out likely on some amazing stuff but because it dropped on some wool shoes that are item level 86 or 85 instead. But there's no way to really show that without an insane amount of clutter. Do you have any... I completely agree with that. Do you you feel like there's... Like they're trying to do the smart loot thing. They're trying to, you know, and they don't like that term, but they're trying to, okay, here's something good that's going to show, but people are still going to focus on base types because nothing can be ID'd. You can't you know, filter via mods. Do you have any ideas or hopes for what their filtering situation is going to be like as they progress? So it's it's something I've spoken to them about both um like in interviews and like just in DMs with random chats. I I always use Dungeons and Dragons as an example of that. Um and I think even D D has some like loot bloat where you have weapons which do basically the same thing just with a different name. But it's kind of like, if you use that system of like, okay, this is the sword, and then maybe you have the plus one sword, the plus two sword, the plus three sword, you don't actually need like 50 different types of sword. Um, and I actually went through and counted, if you, it's, it's something ridiculous, like there's a hundred different like one-handed swords between the thrusting and the swiping and the slashing and all that rubbish. Um, and there's so much redundancy there. I think they would do much better from, yeah, just kind of being like, okay, these are the three kinds of sword. Each sword has a very different kind of implicit, and then as you say, it scales at the item level. Um, I think that would be a much better way to go, because like the there is an issue with the fact that you can't really drop the best items anymore. Something I've said a lot before with the whole like 
tier zero maven orbs double influence but you can still actually drop very good items but people don't engage with it because they play in trade leagues and the way they set up their filters as you said yourself um if you play solo self found yeah a lot of the time you're just hunting for the base to then craft on but if you actually set up your filters correctly you do engage with the loot a lot and you do pick up a lot of good stuff and um i think getting more players to engage with that through changes to the loot system and definitely reducing item bloat would be a massive thing mm. now justin's going to roll his eyes but I, I do have one more filter question i, I knew i knew you would go for it <laughs> And uh, I'm, I'm expecting you not to be able to answer in case you have, because you probably shouldn't say if they've said something, but have you talked to GGG about their default filter lately? I never talked to them about that sort of stuff. Cool. Um, that's again, most, the, most of the conversations, scoop. yeah, that's right. Most of the conversations I have are kind of like nothing to do completely, like nothing at all to do with PoE or me. Sometimes what I'll do is like, if I'm trying to work on a video, I find it's quite helpful just to like talk to someone about it. Like the concepts, like uh, I do that quite a lot with Grim. is we're kind of like, oh, we kind of want to make a video, we're not sure. And you like, you talk through what you're trying to say. And if they kind of understand, you're like, okay, I think you get it. And then you make the video. That's kind of like the sort of conversations I have. It's more like philosophical than when are you doing this? Or like, what do you think of default leap filters and stuff like that? Yeah. uh, Yeah. The default leap filter is awful. They probably should improve that. Well, yeah, it's it's been a while. What, like seven years? I think <laughs> yeah. it's two. But that's 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 my personal thing. I was just hoping hoping that there would be something in there. You 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 hinted that maybe PUE two is like you know in a few decades. Do you would you play PUE one forever? Like if 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 PUE two just ends up not happening, COVID changes this, COVID changes that, GGG has to change their whole plan. Is, is Path of Exile the way they do things? Could you play PUE one forever? They keep bringing out leagues, yeah. Um, I'd turn up, I'd play league start, have fun. And you might get to a point where, like, mm, I could skip this league, but no, I think if it's because it's just you know, if you have it's like people who still play D2, you know, just that there's a ladder reset, they'll come in, and if they're good for it, like, yeah, let's do the ladder reset, we'll get all the boys together. Um, it's also it's one of those things that isn't really any competition. Like, if you enjoy ARPGs, there isn't really much out there. You've got Last Epoch, which is doing its own kind of thing, but it's there's a lot about it which is very different to PUE. So some people prefer the way that Last Epoch does stuff, some people prefer the way PUE does stuff. You've got Grim Dawn, which is a much slower kind of game. Um, and then you've got Lost Ark, which is like some MMO thing. D3 is just on life support. And people still play D3, you know, like, and PUE1's a way more advanced game than that. And then there's Diablo 4, which will... It doesn't matter how long GGG takes, Diablo 4 will take a million times longer. <laughs> Lizard is on fire. They they uh, fired the lead designer of Diablo 4, and they're also their lead environment artist. Um, there were some people who got added from the company with all their scandals recently, so it's like, yeah, GGG can take their time. There is no <laughs> rush at all. Um, it's one thing I've, I've found quite funny, um, following the whole thing, and like talking about Diablo 4 announce and stuff, talking about PBT stuff. And people are like, no, it's coming on this day. And the devs will literally be like, it's not coming out. It's like, yeah, it's coming out next year. <laughs> um, I think it was even part of the D4 announcement. They're like, this is very early. This isn't even Blizzard soon. Like, this is this is a way out, but we're letting you know we're working on it. And people were in my YouTube comments like, yeah, 2022, totes. I'm like, my dude, like, no, <laughs> it's not happening. Uh, so what's a what's a good league launch for you? Is it and and then lifespan? Do you want to actually play Poe League? from start to finish or is it usually you know you get to that one or two months like next league when when you're looking forward to the next one coming out what do you hope to get out of it how much time is a good amount of time for you 
it really depends. Like if we if we had a league which was just like, okay, we've gone crazy on messing up the passive skill tree, and I feel like oh, there's lots of new stuff to explore. I can play that all the way through to the end, no problem. Um, what tends to burn me out the quickest is like that was I think one of the reasons why like the main reason why I I stopped playing early this league was because of all the random controversy. But it was also the fact that. Like, the builds that I played didn't really get touched by the changes. It's like, I played a lot of traps, I played a lot of Chaos Dot. Traps didn't get touched at all, and all I played, I, I like, all I played last week was three months of traps, and it's like, oh, well, all my builds from last league are now the best builds, apparently. Cool. Um, and there weren't really any new item types or anything for me to really mess with for that build. The ward stuff was kind of underwhelming. There's, like, a few cool things you can do if you have the uniques, but you don't have the uniques and so stuff, and... And then, like, yeah, Caustic Arrow and Toxic Rain is another one of the really staple starters that didn't really get touched. So it was kind of like, well, the builds that I played, nothing changed with them. So, would you rather I, something uh, did change with them? Yeah, I would have. I would have sure. much rather they, even if they got like crazy nerfs, because then I would have to really think. So, like, what I ended up doing is I, well, the build that I played the most of this league was a um, non-crit, pure physical um, Exanuate Trapper. And I was like, okay, I didn't really play any Exanuate when that first came out. Let's see how far I can scale it. And that was actually turned out really well. And I was like, okay, how far can you push non-crit traps and doing pure fizz and everything? And it was like, oh, this is a really good build. And it turns out that, like, yeah, it's actually one of, like, the best builds if you want to do that on a budget and you can do all the content super easy on it, which is really cool. And then I'm like, all right, uh, now what? <laughs> and I, I did some Corsica. I've, I've leveled up a couple of different Corsica builds this league and messed around with some Ballista stuff. And I'm like, yep, yeah, they're all still exactly the same. So at what point do you Ooh. ever go, I'm going to try something new? Like, I want to do a totally different skill or totally different... <sighs> well, like, that's the th It's a lot of it is just like, it was going back to what I was saying, like, self-cast is in a bad state and bows are in a bad state. So it's like, a lot of the time I want to play something new, but it's just like, the game doesn't really support it. I feel like right now it's kind of like, you've got minions, which are chilling. You've got any dot build. A lot of the melee stuff is still super solid. And then shove stuff on totems and then traps mines, right? And it's kind of like, okay, what's the crazy new totem build? Forbidden right. Well, that's actually the exact same build as Dark Pact, but it's got... Like, I, I feel like... I said I about this recently in a video. I feel like there are kind of just like four skill trees. There's the Acro Wind Dance the Crit Package. You've then got like the ES Package. You've got the Block Top of Tree Package. Uh, you've got the get all the life nodes and we go bleed bottom left, and then you've got like mind over matter stuff. And I, I, I feel like we need more mix up in how we actually build our characters because while you can be a bit quirky now and again, being like, oh, I've used an ascendancy, which you're not meant to. It's like last league, I, um, I was pushing raider traps. Um, and it was funny, I made a couple of videos about it, and there were actually more raider trappers than saboteur trappers on the Peewee Ninja ladder for like solo self found and stuff, which I found quite amusing. And um, that was really fun and exciting, but it's kind of like we need more to go off, you know. Um, so uh, they they say that a big part of next league will be adding a bunch of new defensive stuff to the passive tree. So that sort of stuff is what really gets me excited, because otherwise it's a case of I'll pick a build, I'll like go through all the new content, I'll see it. It's kind of like a theme park sort of thing, and then it's like oh well, I've seen the stuff, I'm done. You know. Do you, do you think all the changes that they're making? makes sense with the core game though like you know you 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 remove our 
that you remove the or you change the support values you you change you make it so that most main skills are stronger but the supports are less uh impactful you make them cost more you change this you change that but at the end of the day the monsters still act the same at the end of the day there's still an unwritten rule of how many rares show up like you look at um what's the league with the plants harvest you look at how yep. harvest shows up it's just that's like a perfect example of what late game mapping is where it's just a surprise of crazy damage you have no idea who's doing what and a lot of it's really intense and it's going to melt a lot of a lot of content no matter how experienced you are a lot of builds um do you feel like all these changes matter when that core game doesn't change like sure they change enemies but there's not like a control over it all you know what i mean yeah no i, I totally get what you mean again it goes back to what i was saying before it's we, we don't have the context so without right. that context, I can't tell you if the changes make sense or not. And that's why I feel like the main thing for GGG is to work on being proactive with their communication. Sure. Because um, like one of the big things that, and Chris was talking about how they kind of, they felt like they oversold the nerfs and people were expecting like a long series. It was like, okay, because I was someone who was, I was getting frustrated with the way that the game had been power creeping over the years. I enjoyed the beta playstyle more. Uh, at the end of Ultimatum, I actually played a lot of Titan Quest, which is super old school. And I was loving it. And I'm like, dude, this is... Like, it's a much slower pace. I was like, this is, like, really cool. I actually have been enjoying this a lot more than Ultimatum. And I enjoyed Ultimatum. I, I actually quite liked it. But I was like, oh, Tiny Quest is sick. So when they were, like, slow, I'm like, awesome. And I was like, oh, they're going to do all this stuff. And they're like, oh, actually, but no, we oversold that. We're not going that crazy. And it's like, oh, okay. And now they're talking about this hard mode stuff. And I'm someone who would play hard mode and have a lot of fun with it. But, um, yeah, it's... I don't think anyone can say, do these changes make sense? Because we just, we don't know where we're headed. Um, and not even just PV2, like we don't know where we're going in 317, we're sure. going 318. And part of me kind of worries, I don't know if GG even knows. And that's the thing which is a bit scary. And it's kind of like, they're very competent developers. I have a lot of faith in them. Um, but it's just, without seeing all the puzzle pieces, I, I just, I don't know for a lot of these things. So, yeah. yeah. Guild changes have been hinted at. I'm not trying to timestamp the episode too much, but guild changes, do you... <laughs> Do you care? Does that impact the type of player that you are personally? Um, yes, it does, actually. So I used to only play in groups. Um, so I've been playing since open beta. Uh, I had been aware of Pee Wee in closed beta, but I was like 17 and I resented the fact of like, why would I pay? It was I think it was only like $10 or something. It was ridiculously cheap of mine. Yeah. I'm like, why would I pay $10 for like some trash game? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was waiting it. for the open beta and I really regret it because I didn't get the cool Kiwi pets. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I used to do loads of group stuff and um, I used to play in groups even up till like early Bay class, people used to meme because I'd always talk about like playing with my support and whatever. And people were like, oh, here's Tanky doing his support again. Um, but I kind of feel like Peewee's kind of edged out that kind of group play sort of stuff. Um, and then Solo Cell Phone came out, and I was like, actually, I have more fun in that mindset. I'd really like to go back to, like, you know, playing with a couple of key friends and getting back into that headspace if Peewee was to make more of a shift that way. So, I don't know. I, the one good thing about guilds is just, like, having better guild functionality is that it builds communities. And even if you don't play with other people, um that's one of the things which keeps the leagues alive it's just that thing of like oh showing off your core new weapon with your friends like i've had a lot of fun playing private leagues um and it can be really fun if you're in a small private league and you know what we used to happen when i would run it when i was streaming especially as well as you knew what everyone in the league was playing 
So because of that, if an item dropped, you'd be like, yo, this would be insane for Mark. Like, he would be so happy if he had this. Or like, oh, wasn't he going for that? And didn't she need this unique? Yeah, I think she did. And people, you would log on and you got like 15 minutes like, yo, look at this insane thing that's dropped for you. And um, I think with the whole private league system and some of the stuff they're trying to do with hard mode, if they can make guilds an attractive feature and they can foster positive communities, then that would do a lot for the game. Because a lot of it, it's like if you've ever played an MMO, um, even if you were someone who all you enjoyed doing was leveling alts and you didn't do the whole end game raiding or whatever, if your friends aren't playing the game, and you don't have that like sense of community. A lot of people will, will believe and burn out, you know. Mm. So, um, oh my god, I just pulled a Tyler. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I want to ask you about all your background stuff, but I might save that for after dark. How's your throat? You okay for after dark? Yeah, no, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Again, right. I'll tell you if I'm going. All right, sounds I drink good. a lot of water. You're fine. All right, good. Because I got I got some questions about your background there. A little thingy yeah. things you got going on. Actually, I think we we are going to wrap up episode 100 because this is for us gone. I mean, this is like halfway mark for a normal podcast for you. Yeah. But well, this is a long one for us. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for joining us for episode 100. Oh, thank Tarky. you for That's awesome. From episode 1387 episodes later. Yeah, now, episode 100. That's awesome. Absolutely awesome for you to come on again. It's a cool yeah, celebration for us, and it means a lot that you're here. Thanks a lot. Thank you, everybody no, else, for uh, for listening. This is episode 100 Forever Exile, the Path of Exile podcast. I'm Justin AK Tags. And I'm Tyler Wrecker of Days. If you're looking for more information, you'll find it down below. ForeverExile.com, Twitter, ForeverExile82. We're on Discord, and we've got Patreon. We'll see Patreons in After Dark and everybody else in episode 101. <laughs> I got <laughs> nice to think one. there. Thanks, guys.